Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and today we are joined by Sean Kashrina, who is going to be talking all things business. Uh, probably one of the most interesting intros where I was asking Sean, what is it that you actually do? Uh, probably one of the most interesting and, uh, and funny answers I've gotten for, for a while. So I liked it. It was a very good, um, it was a very nice deep dive. So if you're someone who has business and you've been worrying about maybe the balance between your passion and uh, for what you want to do and your passion for business. This is an episode that I think you will enjoy. Uh, and of course, if we can ever help you with your marketing, you can head over to our free Facebook community, www.joinmygroup.com.au. Our Facebook community has all the insights that you need to help you grow your business. We go live in there every week with uh, insights, business, marketing, all that fun stuff. But until then, let's jump into the show. Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. No, I'm excited to be on the podcast. It's great to have you. Now, I always like to kick off with the same question every time, which is if I met you at a party and you and I were chatting and I said to you, Sean, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? I make a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'd probably say, I'd probably say something to the effect of I, I just I, I make a lot of money. Awesome. And I'm sure that then, then the follow-up question has to be, what how do you, you make do? all that money? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and then I say, I, I, I own companies. I love that. And so how did you, how did you get into owning companies? Because obviously that's a pretty great statement to be able to make and, and to say and to be able to do. But how, do you, how did you get started into that world? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of lost my dream job. I was in graduate school and there was a change in leadership. I was working for a company in DC and you know, I figured I'd be there like forever, you know, just make a lot of money as an employee, which you can do, you know, I mean, Tim Cook and, and Steve Ballmer, they are billionaires and they're employees. Um, so you can do it that way. And, and I thought I would, and I, and I really didn't have a problem with that. But then when I was let go, it kind of changed my paradigm of security in that, you know, you really don't have any security. You don't as an employee, everybody thinks they do, you know, they job security. No, I mean, there's a million things that can change the footing underneath you. So I, I, at that point, I knew I wanted to have my own thing. I knew I could, you know, I'd work a job temporarily while I got something off the ground. And, and I did, I, I started something, just a beta test, had something really small. When I started selling life insurance and I started a, an auto detailing company, which is funny because it's kind of the blueprint that I've used for the last 30 years. Number one is it was a business I had zero passion about, but I knew it would work. I absolutely knew there was a market for it. Number two is I knew it had great margins. Number three is I, I knew that all I had to do was just hire somebody to do the work. Like I would never have to physically clean a car if I could create the structure, make, you know, attract the customer, set the appointments. And, you know, we had like four different prices. It was either, you know, like a full size vehicle, small vehicle, you know, inside, outside, you know, it was so simple. I made over $30,000. This was almost 30 years ago in my early twenties, uh, made $30,000 just setting this up. And, and I knew then that I kind of had figured something out. Now, to what degree that would, you know, build into, I wasn't sure at the time, but I've pretty much have used that formula for the last 30 years and, and finding needs in the marketplace, creating a company that requires physical labor, 
human beings. I, I, you know, I'm not looking for anything that competes with Amazon, AI, or an app, you know, basically. I mean, to me, that, that's, that's shaky territory. So, uh, you know, there's nothing like a human being. I hate to say it, but it's the reality. You know, try to, try to, you know, get somebody to change your oil that's not a human being. Try to get your gutters cleaned. Get a dent knocked out of your car fender. I mean, they can't do it. You know, it has to be done by a human being. So those type of businesses have always interest me. And then when you get into like digital, I own a big digital marketing company as well. You know, we do, we're hands on in that we meet with our business owners. We go over what we've done each month with them so that they, we let them understand it. We explain it to them. We, you know, we pivot, you know, it's not just kind of like some software where, you know, at the end of the month, you know, you don't know what you paid for. You don't know what happened. You can't argue with anybody, you know, so that's kind of been my blueprint. So that was a long answer to what you asked. (laughs) No, I love it. And so Obviously, when you started with that business, then how do you feel about where there's all these people that are always um, harping on about, say, you've got to do what you love, what you're most passionate about? Then you said, like, like I have no passion for this. I don't want to do it at all. I have a passion, for, make, I have a passion for making money. Uh, and let me be clear, because think about this for a second. I'll tell you why that, that, that argument that they're saying doesn't work. I'm going to crush that argument. I'm just going to absolutely destroy it. I am passionate about playing golf. It does not mean I buy a driving range or a golf course. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm passionate about traveling. It doesn't mean I have a travel agency. Just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean that that is a good business idea in the area you live. I mean, you could be passionate about surfing and live in Wisconsin. Not a great business idea. A great business where there's a need in the marketplace for what it is you're selling that will pay for all your passions. Last I checked, now I, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm not on this. Jeff Bezos was not a fanatic about books when he started Amazon, which was books. He knew it, you know, there was a, it was a perfect niche in the marketplace. There's more books than any single SKU item. There's no product line larger than books. There you go. Let me put that in, in a way we can understand. So I've never read, I've never seen an interview where he goes, I just love books. All I ever wanted to do was sell books. Never. I've never heard him say that once. So I think you got to be careful. I think, uh, you know, I think passion could be a, you know, as an entrepreneur's mistress. Nice. I like that. I like that. And so how did you go then from, obviously, like you mentioned, you had, you kind of figured out the blueprint with the car detailing business. How did you go from that to now, obviously multiple businesses, you got a a marketing agency, all those things as well. Just kept rinsing and repeating. I sold the detailing company. um, And it's funny because I sold it like 25 years ago and they were actually at my house cleaning my cars the other day. Still a durable business model, still durable. You know, I started a service company. It was a handyman company. I had owned a digital, I had owned a direct mail magazine, actually. And it was in 22, 22 cities, 21 cities, actually. And then one plus mine. So I guess that's 22. But I owned that. And I tried to convert my dining room into an office. We just had a child and I'm, you know, it's hard to have a mojo when you got a chandelier over your head. So I tried to get it converted into an office. Couldn't get anybody to do it. Lived in a really nice housing development because I was had the magazine. I was doing really well. And I'm asking like, hey, how can I, do you know any handyman? And like, nobody could give me one. I remember I was playing tennis afternoon with my buddy sitting on a bench and I did the business plan right there. Right there. I was like, okay, wait, when you call, 
you're going to actually speak to a human being. We're not going to do like, a, you know, an answering service or like a voice, you know, the voicemail, the old answering machines. I'm going to send somebody to your house that has a minimum of 10 years experience. We'll give you a written estimate. And then when we start your job, we will not leave your job until it's finished. In other words, we won't jump around like construction people are known for. I started that handyman business. And to this day, I own a plastic toolbox. Okay. I know nothing about construction. When I tell you I know nothing, believe me, less than nothing when I started that. Uh, within six weeks, we had 55 phone calls in one week. I knew I'd hit the holy grail of, of uh, you know, and I live in a very wealthy city. So I knew I hit something really good. And then I partnered, which I've always done. I, I partnered in my detailing business as well. I partnered with, a, 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 you know, somebody who had a lot of experience with construction, brought him in as a 50-50 profit share partner. I own 51% of the company. Listen to that's very, very good advice I'm giving. I split it 50-50. That way you can't argue over money, but I, I, I maintain 51%. And in a small business, 51 wins all fights. And we grew it to over a million dollar company within three years. And that business model, that simple business model of when you called, you speak with someone and then we would stay there until we finished. I'd hire experienced guys. At the end, we, we mailed everybody a survey card, four questions, just to see if we did a good job, if they'd use us again, blah, blah, blah. It blew up every, within every year, they were asking us to start something else. Can you do kitchens? We started, I did the same thing. I'd go find the best kitchen guy I can, bring him on as a partner, 50-50, and we'd start a kitchen division. Then I started a roofing division, then a siding division. We're getting ready to go into solar now. We have a bathroom division, a masonry division, a kitchen division. I mean, you know, we just, one after another. It does millions and millions and millions of dollars now, but the same formula. You know, I'm not passionate about any of these, but I'm passionate about making customers happy. I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about solving a problem. I never, I love what we do because when we finish it, it's very clear that we did something like, it's not one of those abstract, you know, or, you know, you know, it's been done. You know, you fix a toilet and you flush it and it works. You did it. You did it. If you painted their house, you did it. So I, it was, to me, it was a very simple model to, to do well and, 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 you know, and to partner that it's probably my superpower is partnering in all these divisions, I have a partner and I've always said, I'd rather make 50% of a lot than hundred percent of a little. And what, like, what do you think it was that helped you see that and have that clarity? Because obviously from, from the sounds of people listening, they might be like, sounds like he's just like hit the nail on the head, hit the nail on the head. Obviously like you were working for a company before and yeah. um, you know, that um, uh, you exited from there, but like, what was it that you think that helped you see these opportunities, whether it be simply or more clearly than others? I think we, we see them. We just don't notice them. The detailing was my car was dirty. I was at a sales meeting on a Monday and I was like, wow, it'd be great if somebody could come to this parking lot and clean my car. Cause I got a sales call after this and my car looks like crap. It literally, I'm sitting there thinking that and I'm like, well, what if somebody could come to this parking lot and they had water, you know, and they could actually clean it in the, you know, right in the parking lot, have like a water tank and do it to me. I'm like, what would it take? It would take a pickup truck. I mean, it would take a, you know, a van and you put the water tank in it. And so I started looking at how big of a water tank you can fit in a, a 200, you know, a, a Ford F-250. You know, I started figuring all that out, but it started because I was sitting in this meeting, looking through this window, and my car looked like crap compared to everybody else's. And then the detailing, I mean, then the handyman business, because I couldn't get anybody to help me convert my dining room into an office. And then the digital marketing company, a very similar story. Three years ago, I, you know, I buy Super Bowl ads. I buy, you know, 
the big, all the golf majors, the tennis majors, I spent a lot of money on advertising for my company and, and, and digital marketing obviously got huge. And I started seeing my competitors, you know, really dominating the internet side of the marketing where I was on radio, TV and print ads and postcards and, and, and that still works, but I knew I was missing a gap. And so I reached out to all my providers that were providing like TV and radio because they all had started digital marketing at the time. And they would cut, they all came to my conference room and they would all pitch me. And one radio station came in and they brought like four people and they pitched me. And one person in that meeting was the smartest of the four, talked the least, but had worked for Fortune 100 companies. And I remember at the end of it, you know, they all gave me their business cards. I threw all of them away, kept his. And then I called him the next day, James, and I said to him, I said, James, I will spend my advertising dollar with you. I'll do a digital marketing program. If once a month you come to my office and for 15 minutes, explain to me what you did, you know, what we spent our money on, what worked, what didn't work, if it's not working, how we're going to pivot. I just don't want to like a printout sheet. I did that once with some online one and, you know, out of India and I had no idea what I did. You know what I mean? They're like, well, you had this many views or this, ma it meant nothing to me. I didn't get any sales. I didn't know who they were. And so he said, okay, I, I'll do, I can do that. And I said to him, I never fit that conversation. And this goes back to my partnering philosophy. I said to him, I said, James, you're either going to come work for me or you and I are going to start a company. You got to remember this guy was the top guy at their radio station running their digital marketing company. Thought I was nuts told me that afterwards, but he said, you know what? You're cocky enough to where I thought I started to believe it. He said, like you said it kind of, but then I kind of looked around and you owned this big building and all that. And you drove a nice car. So like he, he might be serious. And so that was in like November and he took it over. He did an incredible job with our digital marketing. I saw the numbers rise. And so that May I'd said to him, I said, James, have you and your family, because he had little kids, have you guys ever been to Disney world? And he said, no, but we were, you know, we're going to do that at some point, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, great. I want to pay for you and your family to go to Disney World. He said, well, why would you do that? I said, remember what I told you when we first started talking, you're either going to come work for me or we're going to be partners in business. And I just want to do my down payment. Thought I was nuts again. So about a year later, after doing all this and me just paying for a Disney trip that was in the thousands, uh, it was about November, about a year and a half in, and then I, a year in, and I said to him, I said, you you know, you need to leverage yourself for a raise. You know, his, his, his wife didn't work and it's smaller kids. And I said, you are their digital marketing department. Like they don't have one without you. And then I found out that he didn't have a no compete. I'm like, oh my gracious. I'm like, okay, wait, this is what you're worth. Ask them for this amount of money. I said, I, I really thought they'd give it to him. And I go, if for some reason they don't, we'll start a company. But I kind of figured they would give it to him. I really I did not plan on starting a business. I'm like, I wanted to help him out. If he could get a raise, he was handling my business anyway. So I didn't, I, didn't, I needed another company. Like I needed a hole in the head at the time. And they passed on it. They, his boss said to him, uh, you know, I, we're not going to do that. And, and then James said, well, I might go start my own. And he's like, well, it's a lot harder than you think. He didn't know he was going to start it with me. And, you know, and so with, literally he told me, they're not going to do it. We started a company within like seven days. I remember it was like Christmas and we started it like the first day in January that you could start it. And I said to him, I said, I'll guarantee your paycheck, whatever you made at the radio station, I'll guarantee it for a year so that you're not taking any risk. And that's what you have to do. Sometimes you have to come up with a creative deal. 
And we did it. I only had to match his, his first, very first month was the only time I ever had to pay him out of my money. Oh. And we'll do, you know, a million dollar, you know, we do over a million dollars and you can look the company up. It's real gig strategic, G I G strategic. You'll see James come up on it. Uh, that, which is follows the story. And we just blew it up because I knew the model he used when he said to me, you know, presenting it to me in 15 minutes every month. I'm like, if you do this with local business owners, you'll, you're going to steal, you're going to get everybody. Like nobody wants to do online advertising. If they can have somebody like you sit in front of them, James, I mean, he's likable. He explains things really clear and, and it works. I mean, it, it works and he, you can see that, you know, he gives you the numbers and, you, you know, how many calls you got and, you know, he could back it up with really data that, you know, a typical business owner can understand. So I knew it would work and, and it did, and it's going to end up being a massive eight figure company um, at least, but that, that's kind of what I do. Mm. And so what sort of hurt, like, cause obviously when people again, hearing this, they're like, sounds like it's like smooth sailing, but I'm sure there's been some hurdles along the oh, way that you've had to yeah. face and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I had a one partner who was a thief and a liar and had to get rid of him and he cost me money. I had one partner who never saved any money. So at the 2008, when the market collapsed and I told him we weren't taking paychecks for six months, he quit in a day. This is a guy I literally thought we would be buried next to each other. Great friend had worked together for eight years, uh, you know, and, you know, boom, gone, literally like <laughs> couldn't afford to go like, you know, whatever, couldn't, couldn't afford to go a week without a paycheck. So yeah, you go through those disappointments, but you know, all in all, the partnerships have been extraordinarily well. And I, and again, I say, if you look at your most successful companies, uh, Microsoft, Apple, PayPal, Twitter, Tesla, I mean, you can go, I can go one after another, Chick-fil-A, you know, you can go McDonald's. They were partnership. They were all partnerships. So, you know, it, it, it has been a proven formula. I mean, Warren Buffett has a partner. I mean, the smartest people, Elon Musk had a partnership with Tesla and PayPal. So why are the smartest people in the world partnering? There must be something to it. What was it that interested you the most about partnerships? Like, obviously, I understand that you've got the perspective of like, you've got the skill set that for you, you were like, well, I can solve the problem, but I need the skill set. Was it just that? Or was there anything else that really kind of tickled your fancy as you're going through that? Yeah. And I'm actually working on a book called One Plus One Equals Done. You know, the power of partnering in business. My feeling is, is that, Typically, you're always missing something. There's always a gap, whether it's time, money, or knowledge. There's typically a gap in one of those three things. You either have, don't have the time to put into it. And obviously, there got to a point where I couldn't keep scaling companies. I didn't have the time. In the beginning, I, I had no expertise. Okay. So I didn't have that. One of my, I didn't have any money. So you typically will partner for one of those three things. And, and to me, you just speed up the process. You know, you hyper speed it up by, you know, getting somebody who understands the industry more than you. I mean, that, that obviously would be a smart partnership. If you don't have any capital, it's hard to get a business off the ground without capital, you know? So there's a variety of reasons why you do it. So to me, it just made perfect sense that I would always look for somebody who was an expert in the industry. Cause again, I don't start businesses that I'm passionate about. So by nature, I wouldn't know that much about them. I would see a need like the digital marketing. Okay. I don't know anything about it, but I knew, but James did. James is really passionate about it. He's an addict about digital marketing. I mean, somebody in the building's got to understand it and be pretty excited about it. Just in my case, I love business. 
I love the process of business. I love uh, attracting customers, selling customers and fulfillment. I love creating systems. I love creating brands. I love marketing. I love business. I I'm an entrepreneur addict, but the actual specific industries that we're in and what we do, I, I don't care. I just want there to be a market for it. And I want to build it, perform it at an exceptional level. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And now, Sean, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask, is there a question which I haven't asked you that I should have? No, you. I like the fact that every question you've asked me, I could answer. So, <laughs> so, so, so no, no, no. I, you just stay right where you're at. You can't mess this one up. I love it. Love no, it. No, I mean, it's, you know, you've asked great questions. I think hopefully the audience has gotten a little bit of some value there. No, definitely. And now for anyone that has been listening to this and they, they like, all right, great. I want to find out more about what Sean's up to. Where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Yeah. I mean, I would get one of my free books. So I'd go to seancastrina.com, which is my name, S-E-A-N, Castrina, C-A-S-T-R-I-N-A. There you'll get a newsletter like twice a month where I actually teach a lesson that's really good. It's very well done. I don't do it. That's why I got a partner who handles that. And, um, and you'll get one of my books for free. And it was one that was got a ton of New York Times bestselling reviews. So you can get that for free. And, and I think that's just a kind of a great first step. On Instagram, I, I mean, I post something every day that's designed to help business owners and I'm, I'm verified on there. So I'm legit. And so you can find me on Instagram as well. I think those two will probably give you the most value. And I obviously I'm the host of the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast and it's a, you know, it's a top 20 marketing and entrepreneurship podcast in the world. Um, so, you know, you can always go to the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. If you like something really fast and quick to the point, you might like that. Beautiful. So guys, wherever you're watching or listening to this, check the show notes. We'll have links to all of those resources and more for you guys to go and check out what Sean's up to. Um, and if you know someone who maybe is in business, maybe they've been struggling a little bit, trying to find out the balance between their, <clears throat> their passion, their business, and entrepreneurship, maybe you should share this episode with them so they can find out a little bit more about what Sean's up to um, and get some of his wisdom into their ears as well. Sean, again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you making the time. Oh, thank you. It's the first time I've ever done a podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I had like three reminders. I had them all <laughs> over my house. I literally had to leave the studio light on. My wife's like, why is the light on there? I go, it's to remind me I got a podcast tonight at nine o'clock at night. You did a great job for 9 p.m. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. Cheers.